Everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Todd. I'm hanging in there. Lots of uh, interesting things going on in the podcasting space, you know. Yeah. As the as the co- consolidation continues, yeah. The theme song of this uh, this episode. We gave the we gave the audience a little bit of a pre. Uh, we we're talking about some tech stuff I've got going on here. And uh, I've been trying to make it so that when I do the recording, Rob is in the right channel and Todd's in the left channel. But whenever I pan, Todd ends up in the right channel and Rob ends up in the left channel. There's an overlap somewhere, but I've got a pretty complex setup here. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. And I might have got a plug that's a stereo. Who knows? You know, it's, <laughs> uh, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. Your wires are crossed. <laughs> there is. But what's amazing is, and I'm thinking, okay, is that causing an artifact in the recording? Right. And I'm going back and like, listen to recordings, you know, and it, I can't find an artifact because it's just really low, you know, and it's in sync. So it's really not hurting, but something. That's weird too. Oh. That it's low. You, yeah. Usually those things are, you know, booming in there and you, I mean, yes. Yeah, so so what should happen is when I pan you right and I pan me left, when I stop speaking on the left, it should be flatline. Right. <laughs> there should be nothing yeah. there, but there's not. You there's there, right. there, there, there's a little, well, you, which have been pan right, you're still there. <laughs> oh, boy. Therein lies the what the heck is going on. How did he get there? That sounds rather. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> superstitious or whatever the word is it's not it's like, I, again i think it's the mixer the i think i think the, the mixer of me and your mixer i think i think it's purely the mixer and uh, i'm not replacing that i gotta find a different solution but anyways welcome everyone that's like a 12 channel isn't it for you yeah yeah i've got a it's a no it's a 16 it's a 16 and even bigger yeah wow. it's a 16 but i've got other rooms wired into it too so Anyway, so, hey, this is what happens. We are professional podcasters. Yes, we are. We have the struggles <laughs> like anybody else does. That's right. And if, if Rob's too quiet today on the stream, let me know, because I I replaced a piece of cable or, or a connector with another device, thinking that was the problem. And uh, the levels will probably not be exact, but. It is what it is. So, yes, consolidation. Oh, my goodness. You know, 800 or $900 million spent thus far. But uh, if you don't think Spotify isn't serious about the podcasting space, holy crap. Yeah. Serious about making money from the podcasting space. That's that be the key takeaway there. And the question I really have. And the thing I got to think about with the money they're spending, do they realize that how many, how many billions of ad sales they have to sell to make their money back and how many shows they're going to have to monetize to get their money back and considering I'm just, I'm just, you know, Hey, it's, it's their money. Well, especially Todd, because we've we've recently learned that uh, it's it's not a cost savings thing typically right. going on here either. It's uh, 
increased listening, not so much people are replacing music listening with podcasts. Right. So that came out of some stats, I don't know, about a month ago or so, that they're not seeing a reduction in music listening because of podcasts. So that means that they're getting more listening hours, but that that's not an additional cost savings for them. So guess what? That puts a lot more focus, I would think, on the advertising side and subscription side. Right. Yeah. So, but my element to that too. But my point was, and I'm just looking this from just kind of a perspective of being in the space for a little while. Right. And again, I'm, you know, maybe they're making the moves that are going to kill us all. Maybe I'll be on the unemployment line in three years. Who knows? But, um, if let's let's just look at the body. Let's let's just you know get your calculator ready, Rob. Okay, so there's 400,000 active shows. According to Podcast Index, there's actually like, and let me go over there today so I can actually get the right number, podcastindex.org. Let me go over there. And today there are 355,000 podcasts that have created a new episode in the last 60 days. Mm -hmm. Now, Let's come to a number. How many of those shows do you think will never want to monetize? Uh, probably 90%. So, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of that. Let's say 80. 80%. Okay. So give me, uh, give me 80% of 355. 355K. Five, okay. What's, what's that leave me with? In, in how many shows? Yeah. What's that? What's you take the 80% away. That's about 70,000. Yeah. Okay. So you mean 20% left of, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Seems, okay. It doesn't. 355, 20%. Well, maybe. So again, high school math going on here. Um. So if it's 70,000 shows, and they have, I, I read in their press release that um, I, something like Megaphone had how many, they had a, they had a, they actually had a number of shows. Correct. Yeah. The number of shows that Megaphone, is that what you're asking? Yeah. How many shows are hosted on Megaphone? It's about 550,000 or no, no, no. Uh, 5,500. 5,500. Okay. So podcasts are actually hosted on megaphone and they said 50% of those were not monetizing. Uh, only 40% are opting in to sell ads. Okay. So let's, so that takes, 40%. so let's take you down. Let's just say 2,500 mm -hmm. and you figured there's 70,000 total shows in the podcast. We figured 70,000 total shows in the podcasting space that could maybe would want to monetize of the 355,000. Somehow that number still seems high, but anyway, yeah. you have active shows. I, I don't see how they get there. And, you know, let's say they, let's say they come up with a deal. Mm -hmm. Let's say they say free hosting. You get to monetize right off the bat, do the anchor model. Mm -hmm. I, I still, what, what are they going to get? Another 5,000 shows maybe move over there? 10,000? 
They're going to lose some shows. No question. About well, no, I'm going to say, let's say they t say, hey, we can monetize you on our ad platform. We can do pro programmatic ad insertion. We've got we've got money what for they're you. Doing, they're they're going to move people over to the, the Spotify streaming platform for monetization on Spotify. But they also are going to have now this uh, availability to monetize everywhere else because Megaphone is not locked. Correct. Yeah. So they're going to be able to monetize the other way, too. So here's just my point is, and really, if we tried to do some fancy math work here, um, they gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to sell one hell of a lot of advertising at a pretty high CPM too, right? And after to split, so they're gonna have to give these podcasters something for that, and you know it's probably. If it's 50 50, will be, I think they'll be considered lucky. I think 60 40 is most likely 60 uh, to Spotify, 40% to the podcaster. Correct. correct. That's probably more likely. So they're going to have to sell an absolute metric ton. So they're hedging then that. So they spent 300 million, which, you know, in the scheme of things, probably not a lot of money. For megaphone, two hundred thirty-five million. Two thirty-five. So, yeah, you can probably make that much money in five years on advertising on those shows. So I don't know. I it's it's an you know they're 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 definitely have a long time. They have to have a long a long term play here. Because if 80% of podcasters aren't, and I would actually contend that more, more than 20% of podcasts want to monetize, but maybe not. Well, especially of the shows on, on, on Megaphone, 40% of the shows on, on, well, on Megaphone. So it's a higher percentage right. of the shows that are on Megaphone that, that want to monetize. So, and mo and mo most of the shows that are on me Megaphones are on uh, larger brands. That larger media brands is typically who is hosting their podcasts through the megaphone platform. Uh, so, you know, what Spotify got with this was a lot of the, you know, bigger media brands so, that are not signed to megaphone. Megaphone don't own, doesn't own that tech, doesn't own that, no, doesn't. They own the own tech, the they don't own the shows. Right, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I'm just, uh, you know, they're, hey, I'm glad people are getting paid. It's, yeah. but I just, uh, and they're, and they're, they definitely want to be a player and they're being, they're being a player, but I really question then my thinking is they they want to attract every podcast that wants to monetize to either be there or on Spotify. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, not on Spotify and anchor. Yeah. I mean, whenever a deal like this happens in, in the space and there, there's not a lot of these kind of deals that can happen, there is a domino effect because there is a lot of, um, a lot of people in the industry that work with each other on various platforms. And an example, and James Crithen pulled this out in his post, um, talking about iHeartRadio. So there is a domino effect for iHeartRadio because, uh, guess where iHeartRadio hosts most of their podcasts? On megaphone, but not for long. On, on megaphone, right? So, at least on the monetization side, too. Now, granted, you know, guess what? iHeart just did. They bought Voxnest. Right? <laughs> That's right. 
And so now iHeart has a hosting platform. I would think that this is probably pretty good news for Foxnest. I would think so too. Yeah, because uh, because 500 shows from iHeart will be coming under the Voxnest platform, and they'll all be monetized under Voxnest. Right. And, yeah. But the difference with Voxnest, though, this could create a little bit of a scramble. So Voxnest isn't really architected to really be state-of-the-art in the area of host-read advertising, which I believe Megaphone was working a little bit more aggressively with. Um, so that would be one scramble that's going on over there right now as it, you know, Voxness was positioned really to go after more of the programmatic side. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess my whole point, you know, it, I I thought they were crazy what they spent for anchor, you know, and again, those guys made out like bandits. They all got paid. Right. So, Time will tell on this. I, I I also wonder, and again, this is wishful thinking because I'm a podcast host founder. <laughs> I just wonder how many of these folks, and maybe we need to start taking a, a heartbeat of the podcasting space. What do podcasters think about being on these mega platforms now? What do they What do they think? Because now, if you if you really think about the epitome, or not the epitome, but the genesis of this of this space, the genesis of this space was anti corporate. You know, right. so maybe that's long. Maybe that's maybe that's just proof that that that's long gone. No one cares about that anymore. Well, I think that the megaphone platform is definitely positioned more from a corporate solution um, positioning. So this is definitely follows that 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 alignment of larger companies getting involved in the podcasting spaces. And I think what's an interesting thing to think about in this deal is what it means for anchor. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you contrast anchor and its positioning in right. the market versus megaphone there, th- those are opposite ends of the market, right? Um, anchor is free. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like a Fisher Price toy, you know, it's, you said it, not me. I know, I know, but it's not necessarily an entirely appropriate analogy, but it's just, it's one of those things that it's, it's a way for people to get started, right? It's a easy tool to, you know, bring in new people, but it's also created a, you know, a, a lot of shows, right? But a lot of them are creating high end content. Like I wouldn't see the New York times, uh, using Anchor to host their shows, right? I would see New York Times using Megaphone to host their shows, though. So you can kind of see, maybe if you think about it in that context, uh, why Spotify felt the need to buy Megaphone. Well, then if that's the case, then they're they're missing a middle tier that I, I still have, that I'm still in play. Which is where Lipson and you are. We right. cater to both ends of the spectrum. That's right. Right. And you know, and the majority and, of our the majority of our business is down the middle, right? Which is serious to semi serious podcasters, and a whole a whole boatload of indies that just want to podcast and not necessarily worried yeah. about making money. Yeah, it's a hobby, or it's it's something that they're doing to support another brand, and they're not making direct revenue from mm-hmm. it. So, I mean. 
that's where so if you think about it from that perspective you can see the the entire spectrum right of the ecosystem and this this deal doesn't blow that ecosystem out of the water at all i mean i'm not i don't feel as a company threatened by this megaphone deal with spotify well uh, and i'll just yeah. say based on phone calls in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. uh, i'm not threatened at all <laughs> right because right. my phone has blown up mm-hmm. and there are networks of 10, 20, 25 shows that are going to move. Yeah. So, and, and again, I haven't, I haven't asked the question, why are you moving? Well, I'm, I'm winning the business first. Maybe you're competing for it too, but you know, I'm going to try to win the business first and get them, you know, get them moved as quickly as we can, (laughs) you know, you know, while, while the emotions are, emotions are strong. (laughs) I think it gets back to the culture of the medium. I think a lot of reasons that would be the concern of a lot of um, podcasters. uh, Even the, the larger ones is, you know, is there, is there a control issue? Is there, you know, as you look to the future, what side of this industry do you want to promote? Do you want to promote, um, you know, the expansion of proprietary platforms or do you want to promote the open um, expansion of the medium? And, and I think that there's, there's a case to be made on both sides of that argument, but uh, it depends on what your argument is and how you want to position your company going forward and how much control you want to have. I'm not necessarily saying that Spotify is going to come in and try and control these shows. I think they're going to, you know, face market forces like, like they would normally. Um, but maybe there's something more attractive that Spotify can offer them with this streaming ad insertion technology that they keep talking about. Oh, I, I think they bought megaphone hedging that they're going to be able to steal piles of customers from other hosting platforms. So, you know, that's, that's my, but again, okay, how many, you know, here's the ironic part. You and I run businesses where we charge our customers a flat rate for, for hosting. Mm-hmm. Now we have commercial customers, obviously, that, and so do you guys that are on pay by the gig plans. Mm-hmm. And, um, but any podcaster, I, you know, I've got, you've got a bunch of them. I've got a bunch of them that, you know, 10% of my flat rate podcasters use 90% of my bandwidth, <laughs> right. you know? So, you know, if a few of those who are paying me 12, 20, $40 a month mm-hmm. decide to go to megaphone, you know, I've just increased the bottom line by about a thousand dollars a month. You know, because that forty dollar client was costing me a thousand dollars in bandwidth. Right. So, if if and I don't want them to go. In all honesty, you know, we want to be able to serve them and give them ads and stuff too. So, but many of those shows, from my perspective, is I kind of lose them anyway. Once they get to this ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand downloads per episode level. Then they don't need Todd bringing ad deals anymore. They don't need the Robin team bringing ads no more. They're they're doing their own ad deals, making right. their own connections, and keeping a hundred percent of the advertising and 
and I get zero, but yet they're still costing me a thousand dollars a month. So bandwidth costs, yeah. right? And um, so from that perspective, when they get to a certain level, from a business, you know, from a business standpoint, well, and that's where you know this deal with Megaphone really kind of. I mean, from what I gather, Megaphone has not been a profitable platform. Um, they've been able, I mean, obviously been able to pay their bills and stuff, but there's a dynamic going on there, just like what you were talking about, Todd, that there is costs that are associated with larger shows. This network hosts mostly large shows, right? So, so but they're paying, right? They're not, they're not over there for free. Those big well, networks are going to be a question. Well, Todd, that's a question that's going to be answered by Spotify. What's their history? They offer free hosting, right? Right. So, but so, Megaphone is charging commercial, you know, they, they don't get, you can't go over there and host for free by any means. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I guess that we're, we'll see what happens, but how could Megaphone have not been profitable? It's pretty hard not to make money if you're doing advertising in this space. My God, if you're taking 50% of the ad revenue, how can you not be making money? Well, there can be a lot of factors in that, right? That can go into that. Maybe they weren't selling all the inventory that, that they had and they weren't fully covering their bandwidth costs and their staffing costs and their, all of the things that we've talked about on the show for many years that takes cost money to, to um, run a platform like what we're running, especially at, you know, at small scale. I mean, 5,500 shows is yeah. in our world, Todd, uh, that's pretty small scale. Um, now, granted, but each of those shows maybe are big. Now, if they're 5,500 commercial shows, for me, gonna, gonna use a lot of bandwidth. they're going to use a lot of bandwidth. But if they're on a commercial plan with us, even though my margins are pretty, you know, we don't make much money on the bandwidth, it, that, will, that will add up. So, and then if you add the advertising, so I don't know. Again, the business model I built built with was to survive. Right. <laughs> I didn't have VC. Well, it's also, I mean, Lipson and Blueberry and Podbean and the other ones have built the model around the complete ecosystem, right? Small shows and big shows, right? We've got everything there. Everything. The fact that we have that kind of scale makes the model work. When you right. start playing at one end or the other end, it doesn't work right. as well. But maybe they want to play on both ends with Megaphone. Well, that in combination with Anchor, they kind they of could. Are, they could, right? yeah. It's just that middle tier is where they're kind of missing. And but if, if they're counting on advertising, though, to bring in the bulk of the revenue, I'm, I think they're going to have a big surprise. Yeah. Again, you know, they... You know, they got smart people. They haven't got to the size where they are. They, you know, they haven't got to the size where they are to afford 230, write a $235 million check. I can't do that. Well, Todd, it does <laughs> say in this article, it, it says that Megaphone is only selling about 10% of their inventory. So that, that explains wow. it there. 10% wow. of their inventory is all that they're selling. And, and part of what the opportunity is, is that Spotify... Uh, it's going to come in and sell 70% of it. Rob. So you can see that that's a big 
That's a big shift. Until someone runs some remnant BS advertising against shows. Well, yeah, it doesn't say that they're going to sell for the same CPM to get right. 70%. <laughs> Right. And other people have tried that model. Even Voxness has tried that model of selling a lot of. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the programmatic sales, right? Right. You can sell a lot of shows in programmatic, you know, when the, when the content creator doesn't have a lot of control over the ads uh, and the, the ads themselves are more radio like ads that are pre-produced by agencies. Right. Um, there's just not a lot of control. Now, granted, a lot of podcast hosts and podcast shows don't have a lot of time to manage advertising. Um, they, they don't want to. They just want it to have it magically happen mm-hmm. and make money. Uh, so that's that's what we're juggling here is the ease and convenience. Spotify can get up to 70% because it's easy and convenient, right? And it's lower cost, so there's more advertisers that are willing to come in and take care of that. Ad inventory where I believe Megaphone was trying to sell higher. <laughs> the CPM. risk the risk here mm-hmm. is that if, if I was, if my sole income was on advertising right now, I would be freaked out because. Yeah, I, think, I don't think you can really play uh, successfully in this medium solely on an advertising model. If, if, if the model was purely advertising. If I was a purely, you know, I left that, I got out of that business, you know, 10 years ago. Right. right. For a good reason. Yeah. Now, a combination is pretty doggone nice when you're not well, at risk. Well, there's also another shiny little thing going on here, too, is ad targeting. Right. The, the advertisers are looking for ad targeting. And... If a lot of the listeners are listening to shows that are hosted on a proprietary platform, it's easier to get right. buy-in, opt-in. There may be some things coming here soon that maybe that opt-in for tracking that makes podcasting legal um, uh, work, but we shall see. I think, you know, too, where if I was had the advertising-only model, and Spotify is got this great sales arm that you could have a lot of these media buyers just roll all their inventory right over to Sp- to Spotify, and a lot of these other companies that are are selling are going to be in trouble unless they can keep those relationships going. And well, the the issue that they have is. Um selling targeted advertising into podcasts outside of their platform. Well, they don't have that problem with megaphone anymore. Well, they now still that they have, have the issue outside of Spotify. though. Well, Spotify's also got until there's some tech added that enables listeners to opt in to being tracked. Oh, well, now listen, all the listening platforms, Rob, 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 Rob. Everybody has a Spotify account. Oh, do they now? Well, look at the U.S. penetration of Spotify, how big it is. Now, you, say three, that's 350 million globally. Okay, but still, they have, they have a great database. They have a sure. beautiful database. So imagine yeah. 
And remember, Spotify is not a U.S.-based company. Their headquarters is where? Sweden or someplace like that? Yeah. yeah. Finland or I, maybe that's no, the no, same. Sweden. 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 And they basically, you know, they collect all this IP data from the United States. They're not burdened with GDPR in the United States. So they can take then now the megaphone data and the anchor data all that IP data and says, okay, I know Johnny mm-hmm. who uses Overcast right. to get my content from Megaphone. I know that's Johnny. Right. And now, oh, let's go ahead and target Johnny because I know who Johnny is because Johnny's got a, a Spotify account with a username, demographics, all that good stuff. Now, when, when Johnny uses Apple Podcast, uses this is this is this is this is where the play is where now they know because they have this national global registry of 350 million people they at least 350 million people they can retarget right now right and that's an additional revenue stream if they sell those those IP addresses well, no they don't have to sell them they match them no, no, I know they're going to do it too, but if right. they sell them externally, their oh. revenue made there <laughs> yeah, too. That's right. So all of a sudden, you know, privacy and podcasting is gone. What well, What do I have loaded on here? Todd, but, privacy was gone. Oh, all okay, along. but no, no, for first. Right? So uh, S O P T. Here's my Spotify. Tells you how long it's been since I used it. It's reinstalling. Um, I have the Spotify app. I use Pandora mostly. Um, so if I load Spotify in here and I play a couple of shows over that are on Megaphone with my Apple Podcast app, they, they, they have the cross data. Dun, 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 dun. And the anchor people, they've already know who all anchor listeners are. Right. Because if they haven't been doing this, you know, this is elementary stuff, you know. Okay, so Spotify, it's loading right now. Do you want to send notifications? No, I don't want notifications. Let me go ahead and just play. Let me find one thing here. Chilled Instrumental. Boom. I hit play. Okay. Todd likes instrumental. They just, they just got a trigger from this phone, this IP. Now what's it? What's a show over on megaphone, Rob? What's one of the shows over there? Um, I believe that the New York times. Over so there. let me go in New York times. Let me find a, a show, New York times. Okay, here we go. The Daily's part of the New York Times, right? So, I would so let me go ahead and uh, hit play on episode twelve. No, let me look at here. The unfinished battle for the Senate. Let me hit play, and oh, guess what? That IP was just logged at Megaphone. <laughs> dun 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 dun. So, hmm. Todd, what did you just go to Amazon to go look up as a product that you want? Well, I know. I already know that. 
But I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, this is where their advantage now lays. Right. And that's how it's already laid with Anchor already is because if you have a, they know if you, you know, because a lot, okay, I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify. Mm -hmm. I listen to podcasts on Overcast and I listen to podcasts on Apple Podcast. Right. You know why I listen to podcasts on Overcast? Because I can still manually enter an RSS feed. You can't do you can't do that on Apple Podcasts anymore. If, if you can, someone tell me how to do it because I can't find how to add a raw RSS feed to Apple Podcasts anymore. Well, Todd, the podcast the podcast hosting platforms like like ours are are really the only ones that have kind of a complete set of IPs, right? Mm. Of people that are listening to podcasts of the of the catalogs that we have, sure. From so, from all these various listening. Platforms. That means your listeners are safe on Blueberry and Lipson. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not sharing. No, we're not. Right. <laughs> and it's, and believe me, it's a. But no one cares, Rob. No one cares. No one cares. Just you and you. Just you and me. We're the only ones no, that care. There's others that care. Very few. And there's one fellow at, at my company that cares twice as much as even I do. <laughs> but Rob, he doesn't matter. It's it. He can have, we can have, here's the thing. We can have all, you and I can say, we protect our listeners from here until eternity. But you know what? Do the we're, podcasters care? We're blowing into the wind, as they say, right? Yeah. Actually, use the wrong term because we're, you know, so most people are going to say, so what? So what? So what? I mean, if you think about it, you're already being tracked everywhere else. Why Why is podcasting, you know, exclusive terrain of non-trackage? Hey, Robert, I turned Rob up a few minutes ago. Is he still low? Let I'm me... trying to speak up, Todd, because I know that the variability is what it is. <laughs> no, it's but... because I turned because I'm a new gear, and I may have turned your voice down. So I, I'll turn it up just a little bit more. Oh, is it low? Is yeah, they're saying, they're saying it's low? low on the stream. So, uh, well, I think people are used to that, though, Todd. <laughs> well, you're kind of <laughs> quiet anyway. I am. Yeah, well, I'm going to speak up now, then, Todd. I mean, because my my instruments over here show me uh, peeking, peeking out. Anyway. Yeah. Right. yeah. So well. <laughs> uh, what news service is going to talk about is tomorrow. Um, but it's, you know, there's all kinds of ways to look at it. I hey, I it, it, congratulations. I never I never want to belittle anyone that gets paid even though I think it's a bunch of investment people. I don't think there's any any individual owners over there because they've already traded hands I think once before, so I think it's just corporate entities getting paid. <laughs> well, it was started in a partnership with uh Slate. Yeah. And then Panoply and then Megaphone and so, right? I, you know, I, 
I think it's interesting. The question is, well, you know, the, the acquisition train is clearly running. Um, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> mm, that is interesting. In in the same vein, right? I mean, Megaphone caters to a specific segment of the market. <laughs> Rob, right? there's, not, and, there's not many left. You're going to have to start picking off the low-hanging fruit. Well, <laughs> there's one other that's very similar to Megaphone out there. Right. That's still independent. <laughs> yeah. That uh, has, hmm, let me say, they, yeah. I'll be nice about it, but, um, and I think we know who, who, who that is. That's probably next by somebody. I don't know who that would be, but be art 19, of course. Right? In, yeah. In, you know what I say to I, you guys, I'm, you guys can't say cause you guys are a public company and you'd get in trouble with the sec if you said anything at all. So I know you can't, but I, I will say that I get, three to five calls a week. Especially when these mergers, when these buys happen, then all of a sudden everyone wants to talk to us. And I have, you know, 82 MD, NDAs out there. And now yeah, I, I just... it's well known in the industry that everybody talks to everybody, so... Yeah, so... But, you know, these are, these are you know, people with lots of cash in their pockets. And the first thing I tell them, I says, if you don't, you don't respect my tech... Or, then we weren't, we don't even need to have a conversation. Right. Oh, he said, we'd love your tech. <laughs> well, what's your price? Well, you know, we just had a couple of hundred plus million dollar acquisitions. So what do you think my price is? <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's not, it's not 5 million. It's not 10. <laughs> may not be a hundred it may not be it it may not be a hundred but but it's more than ten <laughs> right yeah especially with uh fifty five hundred shows right yeah uh, with them having fifty five hundred shows yeah and that they don't own right. <laughs> that they don't own they're just customers. So, you know, you know, podcasts are like, they chase shiny objects. <laughs> you know, what, and maybe actually only 5,000 show, 4,500 when, uh, when iHeart moves all their shows off. Well, yeah, because it was it 489 489. Are, are moving off of uh, <laughs> megaphones. That drops about uh, 5,000. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. It really is. All right, you talk for a second. They're still complaining. I've got to turn it up one other place. So I gotta right. I gotta go throw a knob. I'm gonna put you on forward. Oh you are? Okay. Well and then um you know, I appreciate James Cridlin because he's he does his newsletter and it's uh full of interesting details. He's actually hearing from a lot of people in the industry, but he posted also uh and maybe everybody saw this, but uh um uh, Laura um, a mayor wrote uh, about her experience of working for a company that was involved in consolidation. And I was in, I, I've experienced it too, you know, we're working at, 
at Spotify when we acquired Blog Talk Radio and kind of what happens from these these acquisitions are not always uh, smooth and easy uh, processes for people that work at these companies. Um, These are it creates a tumultuous experience around staffing and and uh, technology integration. We're working through, you know, uh, the tech team typically has to take on, you know, a completely different code set, completely different technology stack. Um, it it really challenges the the technology team to be able to to really figure out how to integrate. Um, some of these platforms too. And that, that was one of the big challenges. Um, and then staffing, obviously, um, some roles get are duplicative between two different companies that typically get, uh, folded up into one person. So there's naturally a certain amount of, you know, attrition of people that leave the organization because of duplicated roles. And then there's, uh, just, philosophical differences between uh, managers that want to have their own people. And, and uh, it depends on, you know, what the dominant organization is in, in the acquisition, how strong those teams are and how, how hard that they, they push. So that's, that's why you see a lot of founders um, of, of these platforms get pushed out because they're, they're leaders that, you know, threaten the, the power of the, the acquiring company. So, it's it's uh it's always a challenge so todd how did the uh the adjustment work out of you yes i i i'm doing a balancing act here so everyone's saying it's good now but i just had to make a tweak so that you weren't blowing out the recording so we should be uh, okay okay happy balance right. here okay so you know i i think that's something to be said too robin by the way if there's any megaphone employees that are looking to move to another company I'm sure we'd love to see your resume. Probably both of us would. So, sure. <laughs> especially if you're in your, in the sales side, you know, if you do uh, do the advertising sales bit, or sales or marketing. That's right. right. Yeah. So, you know, send us your your resumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you know, you, you made the point that there was something also in Pod News today. Talked about one gal. She says, "Well." I that wasn't maybe that's what you're referring to. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah she she bumpy, left. Bumpy, bumpy road that often happens with <laughs> yeah. these mergers. Yeah, because there are going to be some people. It, it even happened quite publicly with the you know when Voxness took over Blog Talk Radio. Right. There was yeah, you that's know that's what I was talking about. Right? Yeah. But there was some turnover that happened for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's uh. <laughs> but here's the thing too, um, folks. Really, if if you if you get absorbed and you get eliminated, be very very careful about talking in generalities about your previous employer. Yeah. For me, that's you know that's a bit of a red flag, and you know. Talk badly about your employer, right? Or imply. Right. You know, and you do that amongst friends. Right. You know, but you don't do that on the web. Right. Because, you know, I hate to say that your resume comes across my desk. I'm going to 
you know, you make it through the process, I'm probably going to be Googling you to see what, mm -hmm. in your private prior job, reading your LinkedIn profile, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah no. I don't need to read from somebody, at least I'm just speaking for myself, about their their experience, their bad experiences in a consolidation because, um, you know, that's part of the yeah. course. I want to know how your performance has been where you went to the next place or how your performance was before you left the acquisition. Right. What You know, and we understand there's redundancy, there's reduction in forces when you, right. when you because of redundancy doesn't mean you're a bad person. No, it just means mm -hmm. that one side or another is a little stronger yeah. in acquisition. But if but if you went through and talked badly about them, well, or implied, that doesn't help. Doesn't help. Not at all. So Todd, I saw that the uh, podcast movement is going to be having a uh, a holiday party here in on December 9th. Where at? Well, of course, it's virtual. Well, come on now. Let's get it together, podcast movement. It's time to, the virus is over. It's time to part. I'm just, oh. I'm just joking. Um, let's, <laughs> where uh, virtually they're having a party, huh? Yep. Yep. So it's, it's coming up on, I, I believe it's December 9th, I believe. I don't, I don't see it on their website, though, but I definitely saw it in their newsletter. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's amazing. It's already November 11th. I know. Okay. Here. Okay. Here's the details. It says here, podcast movement, holiday, virtual meetup, uh, December 9th. Go to, um, you can register for it. Rob, I think I'm going to have to send you a case of Red Bull. <laughs> Why is that a boring huh? topic? Well, you know, you're just, you just, you know, it's, we, we understand it's been a long week. It's only Wednesday. Right. You think about this. It's all, it's already November. It's I almost know, Thanksgiving. It's almost, well, that's right. It's, it's, the holidays are going to be this over. Whole this, spring. this whole year's total shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. You know, my God, what are you, hey, you know, here's the thing. I'm 56. How old are you? Rob? Uh, at the tail end of the fifties. Okay. <laughs> when, when you're 20, a year off your calendar really doesn't hurt you too bad. You know, you're not thinking about it when you're 20. Yeah, it's a year, right. a year of my life of being, you know, you know, just really kind of constrained. But when you're 56, that year really counts. <laughs> well, every year from here counts. Every year from here. So, you know, my God, it, it, there's different perspectives on, you know, yeah. because our clock yeah. is ticking the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, once you hit the 50 mark, I, your your thought process changes. Yeah, a just, bit. just a little. About your vision of time. <laughs> Right. And uh, I, I like I like being alive, but I, you know, I don't I don't like this lost time. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's just like Shoko asked me the other day. She said, "Are you going to be able to come home for Thanksgiving?" And I'm like, "I have to get a COVID test uh, two days before, and all these requirements to jump through 
to to go to Hawaii. And I just, right. it's insane. And, and um, there's a lot of travel bans going on right now too. Well, I mean, I mean, as far as people, if they travel between different states, well, some states, quarantine. yeah, no one's enforcing that. So well, how how are they going to enforce? Right. it? Right. Really? But they can enforce it in Hawaii because it's not like you can drive there, right? right. So, that's true. <laughs> so that's they true. have, and, and they're being very serious about it. So, I, I don't want to go home for Thanksgiving and be or be at the house, go see the kids, and have be locked up <laughs> for right. three or four for days, days. Right. whatever you know. Well, I'm not going to be there 14 days. You could just go for the you know, for three, four, five days. And, but, you know, do I want to spend that in the, in the house? No. Right. You know, so, and yeah. getting a, and getting a COVID test, I guess I could get a COVID test and go, but it's just, I'm, I'm not very, hate to say it. I'm not very motivated. Yeah. Todd, I saw an article that came out in, in the mid roll blog. I don't know if you saw this about, um, the the uh, contrast in performance between you know an announcer read ad in a podcast versus a host read ad, and it's almost double the lift. Yeah, right? of course. And lift. Yeah. So as you think about these these deals that are going on with the streaming platforms, they tend to orient themselves mainly towards programmatic side right. buying. That's what the Voxnest platform does, and. And so it gets back to performance mm -hmm. uh, on the ad campaigns as, as a key metric here to think about in the value of some of these acquisitions and mergers and, and how these streaming platforms are integrating podcasting. Are they, which way are they going to go? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it can be a, it can be a hundred percent difference between the the brand lifts or the ROI on a announcer read ads that and when I see announcer read ads that that's more like a radio ad uh, versus a host that reads the ad itself it can be double the performance so which way is the industry going to go Todd I, it's probably going to be both but I'm just saying you know where's the emphasis going to continue as you look to the future well I got a survey request from somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, as with, I think, yep. I think they're the ones that sent a, and why they sent it to me. I don't know if they're listening, go find my survey result. And you, you may want to pull that one out because <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to be an outlier, but it's true. I, you know, I'm still hardcore fan of host read host endorsed native ads. Um, I really am. So, yep. Just because, and you know, everything we see on programmatic programmatic side is low CPM. So, right, which which drives see the tension between this really is, I kind of see it, it. There's a little bit of analogy to broadcast radio here. Um, there's always been this concept, especially around national syndication, of of uh, national ads versus local ads, right? Mm -hmm. So that analogy can apply here as well. The national ads tend to be host reads that is baked into the content or dynamically inserted into the content. That's possible as well. Uh, and then the announcer reads, which tend to be more programmatic, um, radio-like ads tend to be inserted, you know, around those host reads. Um, the, the bad part about that is, is that's 
increasing the commercial load um, because you can make up for that difference in brand lift by frequency, right, on the natural reads. So, you know, the balance that the industry needs to think about is how many ads do we want in podcasts before we start eroding the medium, just like what happened with radio. Yep. And I believe that that's the tension that we're coming up on is – well, I see some shows with loads already that are incredible. Right. Five right. to seven ads in a show. Yeah, but the the CPM is like, you know, a third or a quarter of the host read CPMs. So you can see how that, you know, if a person wants to make more money, they basically just run more programmatic ads. And piss that, off their audience at the same time. Yeah, and that puts it on the probably at the same CPM level as one good host read. And then they fast forward, the audience fast forwards through the, through the ads. So, right. so yesterday mm -hmm. Apple had one more thing. And I know you don't use Apple products, but it was absolutely unequivocally the biggest slam on Intel, AMD and Microsoft at the end of the presentation. Did you okay. hear about the one more thing, one more thing at the end? No. <laughs> oh my God. They were showing all the credits and then it kind of flipped. It was this dude, <laughs> very known well dude from some old ads. And he, <laughs> I died. It was really, it was really pretty impressive. It, it took a, Took a it took a punch at Microsoft, <laughs> took a punch at Intel, and took a punch at a uh, at AMD. If if you saw it, it, I hope you all got a big kick out of it. Rob, you'll have to find a clip somewhere on the internet to see it. It, it was it was really really awesome. But I will say this: uh, Apple, my goodness, the, and oh, they named their chip the M1. <laughs> Well, they have the, their own chip technology now, so they, yeah, they yeah, Intel or AMD or any of these guys, right? Yeah. So now you know they've they've got their whole the whole step, but to call it the M one was it? You you know, someone said, well, what should we call this chip? Well, we're Apple A one, and we use we already use A twelve. We've got this type of. So let me think. We're going to put this in our computers. I know. We'll call it the M1. So you, I, even there, in my opinion, it was a dig. It was a dig on Microsoft saying, yeah. But uh, yeah, so their one more thing turned into like three more one things. But... You know, it's uh, it's 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 awful tempting to buy that new MacBook Pro, but I'm at I'm in a situation where I can use my Mac probably for another year, yeah. and in there will likely, <laughs> anytime you mass roll out a new product like this with a new chip, mm -hmm. there's probably issues. There, yeah, there might be issues. So I, I'm right. going to give it some time, let it breathe. <laughs> right. I know some people we know jumped right out and bought a new Mac Mini and uh, you know some other stuff. They're talking about it today, but uh, I'm I'm going to hold on to my to my pennies and 
because <laughs> I need a lot of pennies to buy another MacBook Pro. A lot. A uh, uh, truckload full. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to get a Apple Watch here soon. Oh, well, hey, that's progress. Is it progress? It is progress for you, you know. It... Okay. okay. Well, I have a I have a pretty new iPhone. It's just uh, that was a piece that I needed, I think, to complete the the full absorption. You know, and, and, and I, I, I will have to, boy, I, I'm going to have to confess the, I held out on Microsoft for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a Dell pretty high end Dell. I just kept having all kinds of issues with, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I know there's a lot of hardcore Microsoft folks still left and I, I don't blame you. But since I've switched, you know, maybe, maybe, better knock on some wood here. I want to hear from you tomorrow. Yeah. I had a problem. I had a problem. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they still lock up. I, mean, I had uh, my iMac lock up this morning and had to, you know, take the one finger, kill it to restart it mode. So they, they still lock up. But in the scheme of things, I must admit it's been a much more pleasurable existence so we gotta we, we got, i know you're so loyal to microsoft but it's eventually i'm going to get you on a mac <laughs> and we're going to get you converted over but you know i got a pc sitting right here you know windows pc still does it still works i guess it One depends on what you're doing really bugs me about apple Macs is the fact that they they have built-in obsolescence Okay, so I but that's true. So so do laptops. Yeah. But no, I mean, from a software perspective, I know a guy that has a 2008 MacBook. Right. That he's had the battery placed in it in 2008. He's had the battery placed. The battery doesn't charge no more. It still works. Right. By plugging it in. All the time. Right. It's plugged in, but still, it's a it's 12 years old. I know. Well, does it still support the latest operating No, system, no. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's stuck at a point. And yeah, the, I mean, there's, hey, but Rob, 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 Rob. Yeah. Intel machines are the same way. I can't go any further with this one. This that's, one. Uh, I guess there is a limit. Yes, there is on all systems. Right. You get to a certain but, point. But Microsoft did a concerted effort a few years ago to actually build the operating system lighter. Well, I know that. So it could continue to be run on less powerful machines. So I think the the model is different, right? Uh, it's a software-centric model, yeah. not a hardware-centric model. And that's that's what's the difference between the Windows and the, the Mac, the as ma- far as I'm concerned now. Probably 90% of Mac users need a Chromebook. Right. Because they're not they're not doing heavy lifting. They're, they're doing web-based stuff. The way I use my computer now compared to five years ago is completely different. I used to run Outlook. I used to run all these extra applications. Now, 90% of the time, unless I'm processing this show. Well, you're doing a lot more video too. I'm doing video, but I, I use the, you know, different, I use the garbage can for that, you know, so. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So. Um, and I'm starting to do a lot more video too. So I'm, you know, my setup here is more for kind of live streaming. Stuff, right. Right. 
I'm not really, I got a little frustrated because I was asked to produce some pre-recorded videos here lately. And oh. I, I realized the limitations of my setup for being able to do kind of scripted, recorded right. presentations and things like that. And I, it's just not set up right. So, so are you getting yourself a teleprompter? I'm thinking about it. They're I'm not, also thinking about using my, my iPhone to create more videos. It's a, so, it's a great platform to do videos. Right. Right. You know, so it, you just need one of those TikTok, you need one of those TikTok, uh, right. lights and a phone set in there and you're good. Make sure you set it sideways. So you get the 16 by nine. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the reasons that I want to get the MV seven is that it has the ability to plug into the iPhone. So my current setup, I don't have any way to plug into a mobile device. Mm. So I'm, anyway. I'm a, I'd like to see that demoed. Did you, have you seen that demoed where someone plugged MV seven straight into an iPhone? I haven't actually seen it done. No, I haven't, but I'm just based on the, the, the adapters and that it's intended to be used that way. But yeah, mm. I haven't seen anybody actually do it yet. Why not a lab? Well, I have a lab here too. I have to get an adapter for right. that too. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work either. Cause I, I've got an audio technica. It's a pretty high end lab here. That so goes into my mixer, you can go to oh my God, the name of the company. They sell kits. Um, I believe it has to have phantom power for it to work. So oh. that's, well, they that's sell the trying to, you need an interface. There's a company that sells kits. Oh, I've got something in my bag that will work. Uh, right. I so, mean, probably work with a cloud lifter maybe, but, yeah, but that's not ideal. That again, it, it's a lot of gear, but if you can take a mic and just plug it into the iPhone, that's, well, that's exactly what I Yeah. The MV7, right? Yeah. But it's it's not the complete solution. I know that that little little microphone device that we ordered, I don't remember what the name of it is or off the top of my head right now. I remember the Oh, the Kickstarter? Yeah. The the Kickstarter one. That's supposed to get here when? Do you remember? I don't know. It's not soon enough. Right. Where it it does a wireless transmission between your iPhone and right. the, the little microphone that, that you attach to your shirt. There's lots of solutions out there. The key is... And here's what I thought, and how I've, and for all of you, research, 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 buy once, buy once, and then don't, then make it work. Otherwise, you're going to end up with, like me, with a bag full of stuff. Well, I still have a bag full of stuff. (laughs) You know, even, even, even when I do the research, my needs change. Yeah, that's true. I have the wrong equipment. <laughs> Did you, you should have seen what I used to travel with. When I used to live stream the show when I was in the Navy and I would go somewhere, I had a 4U rolling case. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's like a, if, when it was full of gear, it barely checked as check luggage. And then I had to strap the heck out of it so that the lids wouldn't get popped off. And, and I still had to replace the box about once a year because it got beat up. But inside there was a, uh, um, a, a mode, a Wi-Fi device. There was all this stuff to do a two-camera shoot, which I normally end up doing one camera, never using a second camera. It was so dumb. It was so dumb, dumb, dumb that I did that where I could have 
done it with just, I over-engineered it. So you don't need to over-engineer this stuff. Yeah, it was beautiful. It looked great. It sounded great. But it did it really, did it need to be that good? Yeah, is that that one that you, you created? Was that that, that box that yeah. had had equipment built into it? Right. And, but, but at some point it got shipped too many times. It got damaged. Yeah, it got beat up and <laughs> come off the ex, come off the thing and the lid was missing. And oh my right, God, right. Yeah. you know, yeah. $2,000 worth of electronics just exposed to the world to get smashed. Oh yeah. So it yeah. it's in my closet right over here. It's, yeah. it's right over here. It's still built. Gathering dust. <laughs> Gathering dust. <laughs> you know, about five years from now, I'll put it for a yard sale or something, get 10 bucks for it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, for those of you that didn't see the Apple event, oh, is it showing? Oh, what's up with that? Huh. Oh, something shut off. Oh, that's not good. What yeah. Happened? No, nothing. I was going. I was just going to be. I was going to sneak in the welcome to the future of Mac screen. Oh, yeah. What, I, was, I was. I was trying to be slick. Oh, there you go. Throw it up on. The yeah. Screen here. Of course, you can't see it because you can only see me. I've got you wired different now. Well, thanks, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. So, there is so I that's could drive me to go watch the the live. That's right, because like, I can sneak oh, in all kinds of advertising, and you know. Right. <laughs> wow. So anyway, it's, uh, that's something I got to get, see, you got to start catching me on that. Cause I've said, so anyway, about 25 times today. Yeah, that's true. Todd. Yeah. I say that a lot too. That's true, Todd. And we have to, we have to cross check our each other, but you know, I see there it goes. Uh, apparently iHeart says, uh, podcasting is profitable. Their yeah. their uh, revenue grew seventy four percent year on year. Doesn't well, doesn't exclude the amount of money they spent to acquire all that. They had well, to they had to have made money. They had to have increased it because they bought a bunch of stuff that brought in revenue. How did it not increase revenue? That's the thing that cracks me up about these about these posts. Right. <laughs> well, I don't think they have as many um, creditors now either. Uh, no, that's that's true. <laughs> that's true about a billion four billion dollars worth less right yeah so wasn't that amazing how i you know i wish i could figure out a way of course i don't have no debt my company has no debt but i need to figure out a way to borrow like five billion dollars and then tell the the banks you know go to pack sand and i'm going to give you a billion of that five billion back <laughs> right <laughs> So, you know, go so ahead. Todd, I also saw in here um, in one of the newsletters here, it says um, the open source Android podcast app, um, the Antenna Pod app, is mm. now has the podcast index um, catalog. Pocket Cast, I think, also does now. Uh, well, no, uh, Podcast Addict. Oh, Podcast Addict. Okay. Right. Right. Has it, it built in. So that's. He's starting to work with these smaller apps to try and get probably those tags, those new tags mm -hmm. that he's working on uh, supported as well, I'm sure. I went into a, I just caught that they were having a, um, there's only 30 people that were in this presentation, but it talked about uh, 
the micropayments and tying into Bitcoin. And I mean, they they talk way over my head and much of it because it was all devs talking. But essentially now they have got it set up so that podcasters that have implemented this, as you listen, you, you the listener makes a contribution to the pile, whatever it may be. It's mm-hmm. like a pooled mo- mo- bunch of money. And then a percentage goes to Podcast Index, a percentage goes into the app developer, and then the large percentage of it goes back to the podcaster. So did they... Contributing fractional um, Bitcoin, or they can fractional cash that's then being transacted. You, you earn fractional Bitcoin. You earn fractional. Bitcoin. And I don't know if it's actually if if they're using Bitcoin as the token, or if they're using a different different. Again, it was way over my head. They're so this is easy. This is easy. This is easy. I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, you know. I guess if you get educated, but they they're they're moving at lightning speed they're trying to figure out and you know adam is true to his word he's trying to figure out how number one to support the app developers because the only way this is going to advance is that the app developers say hmm we can make some potential revenue here by supporting this brilliant number one and then number two when the podcasters learn that they can earn money by people listening to their shows and, and buy into this ecosphere, then our podcasters are going to be breathing down our necks to get this implemented. Yeah. And Adam says, I don't want to do nothing to disrupt any of the businesses. I'm here just to implement the technology, be the thought leader, and they're going to take 1% to fund podcast index and those initiatives and you think about that, well, 1% of a million dollars or whatever it may end up being, yeah. they're going to do okay over there. And at the same time, potentially help podcasters. So again, it's, it's really pretty much over my head, but there's, there's going to be change coming because of what they're doing. And it's going to, and it's not going to affect it's not even gonna. It's not even anything that's going to affect Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. It has nothing to do with them at all. It, it, right. Until you're until I'm on my show saying, "Please use this app and only this app to listen to this show," because when you listen to this show on this app, I get paid, and then those apps to support that. We'll start the list. The, uh, you know, if I'm going to get paid, Rob, if, let's be honest. If, if it's Podcast Attic that's going to support this monetization piece, and I'm not saying that they are, but if they do and you can get micropayments, I'm going to tell my entire audience, go listen to Podcast Attic. Because what if I get 10 bucks a month right. or 20 right. Because of the people, I'm not going to promote Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of these other platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to support. I'm going to send my audience to those apps that's going to support me. So this is how, you know, that's. It, well, this is where the you know a a new tag in the RSS can really benefit the industry, yeah. and that can be that way of donation can be funneled out to a lot of different listening 
platforms potentially. Right. So I guess it just gets back to, is there a revenue share split with that kind of relationship? Yeah. So it's, and, and, and again, they're trying to make sure that's all equitable. And like Adam said, I'm running this thing on a raspberry pie here in my office. I'm just like, Okay, and your average podcaster is probably like, what is a Raspberry Pi? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's not something you eat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It'd be a little chewy. Yeah. But it's an opportunity for someone to come up with some, you know, with a package. You know, here's, you know, for 150 bucks, we're going to send you a pre-built Raspberry Pi with your, you know, your token and everything you needed to make money from your podcast. And you know, here's your five steps you have to do to get this implemented and what you have to put in your RSS feed. The key. Yeah, it's like a Roku that connects to the internet. Right? Exactly. The, everything, though, really, truly hinges around those like us that basically have RSS feeds for our podcasters for PowerPress and everything else. So, you know, I said to the, to the my input to that was, this is an opportunity for some plugin writers to write plugins, not only for PowerPress, but for other platforms so that they can do, uh, podcasters can add this on and make it easy for them. The key is, again, you know, I tried to explain, we have to make it easy as possible for widest adoption. It's got to be as easy as signing up for a Twitter account, really. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, they're working hard on trying to figure this out and I think they're going to make it happen. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's good. You know, it's putting out examples out there of doing some, some improvements and trying some innovation. That's what this industry is always looking for. Um, I'm Todd. I'm, I, I'm hopeful that the podcast uh, Hall of Fame is going to come back. Well, okay. <laughs> Have you Next talked year. to Dan and t company? Yep. Next year, yeah. Are they going to do it in conjunction with the Academy or what? Uh, no. Okay. It's not going to have anything to do with the Academy. All right. The, the Podcast Academy. It's not going to have anything to do with Podcast Academy. It's going to be Podcast Movement, which is where it started. That's where it needs to be, I think. Hmm. So, yeah. So, and I still am an advocate for trying to pull together a trade organization for this industry too. So that actually is a trade organization that represents the whole industry. So that's, yeah. So. But I'm, I'm not going to be the one that does it all though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in that role. So I want to contribute to it. Yeah. I, I There's a pathway that yeah. I'm, I'm working on. So another thing they're working on over there at the index is called the soundbite tag. Mm -hmm. And all of you listen to this, you're sound like soundbite. It's basically a soundbite. Just a sample? a sample of your show um, for an episode. So that could be plucked from any part of your episode? Is that the idea? It's an RSS. It's part of the, it's, it's a, just a new tag that goes into, and again, the spec is over at podcastindex.com. You go look at the spec. Right. Right. It's a, it's does based. It, uh, does it have some time codes in there? Mm, I'm looking at the, 
so you can specify from this point to this point. Yeah, I'm looking at the metadata right now here. Give me a second. Or is it a separate audio? I, I think it's file? a it's so the podcaster would have to take a snippet out of their audio and upload it as a separate. I don't know. File, I, I, I'm going to have to go and look, Rob, at how the implementation is. I don't. I'm not educated enough on exactly what the spec is right. to make it happen. Hopefully, it just takes a segment of your existing content and allows that to be played via time hack so you don't have to quote unquote create a separate uh separate file uh, let me oh okay let me go is, is the spec here no that's just the api call i mean cuz that's that's essentially what the headliner it's called visual soundbite oh here it is is that like a headliner so no so podcast, here's the tag is how it reads. So those of you that are not technical, it's a bracket podcast, semicolon, soundbite, start time equals, and then it gives a second, uh, like 123 seconds in duration right. so equals. Like a, okay. It's got a millisecond time codes that will right. trigger the playback. Yeah. Duration, the duration 30 seconds, and right. then title of the soundbite, and then close bracket, forward slash podcast, semicolon, soundbite, close bracket. Um, and it basically just, it's, it's a code that jumps your player on your website or potentially in an app that supports it to be able to hear that specific soundbite. Does it have the option to be able to upload a separate no. audio file? Nope. No. It's purely a tag. It grabs it out of the current. It basically triggers the player to where to go in the, in the enclosure. It's kind of similar to a chapter, but it's only designed to give you a, a, right. a jump to a certain point. Now they do have chapters. Like, like a jump link on a website. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So as an example, but you know, here's a difference. Uh, I'll load my personal website up go find an episode that has been posted because my my editor does this in post let me go to this one here 1484 so on my site see can i do this each of my talking points is time hacked so this is only this only works on the website so i go down here to where it says 1250 your amazon prime videos let me go ahead and click it then if everything's working right. Oh, please. I can't talk to you right now. Um, let me try a different one. Why is that not working? I may have something broke. Anyway, it's supposed to jump to 12 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> and, and, uh, and have the player start playing. The difference in a soundbite is, oh, Rob, you're gone. Oh, I know what happened. My phone rang and it, the Mac tried to answer. Mm. Let me turn in case they call back. So is that, that action in the RSS feed? Is that a, a little bit, um, 
does it cause an issue depending on what the player is? I think you have to have a player that supports it and you have probably have just like us, our, our, you know, our player has to support it, but it's more designed for app developers to be able to allow people to jump to a soundbite in the app, right. not just the web because the, that would be dumb. Yeah. You know, yeah. Would they have to add like a, a, you know, play sample button or something like that. In the something. Interface. Yeah. That, you know, that there have to be, you know, dev put towards this again, it's a something that has, it's not, you just can't put it in your site and it's going to work. You have to have a site that actually truly supports it. Right. So I may have to send a bug report in. Let me look at this. Oh, it worked on that one. Must be, he just had a malformed tag. Let me bring this back up and click one of these. See, so it jumps it to 2940, jumps it back. I can jump all over, you know, in the, in the show, I can jump it to different spots, but it just keeps on playing on mine. It doesn't just play 30 seconds. It play, it just will continue to play from that point forward. Right. It won't do 30 seconds and stop. So this is the kind of stuff. And again, you know, maybe it's useful to someone, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not, you know, but again, the way they're structuring everything is incentivize the app developers to put it in their app, make it something that's wanted, make the podcasters. We had requests coming in today from our podcasters. Hey, how, where's this? How come you guys don't have the transcript tag yet? <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. So know. we're already getting hit up and, you know, we've committed to putting it in, but you know, it's everything moves at glacial speeds on a dev site. So. Right. So is Adam socializing these tags publicly? Uh, yeah, it's all, all that stuff is open discussion. They're getting, matter of fact, it's getting ready to close for comment for phase one. They've been at it for a while and they want people to participate. And... Right. Yep. Well, that's, that's good. Yep. We're almost at the end here. Yeah, we are. Three minutes to go. Yeah, I saw that th there was an article in here um, that that was linked to from Stephen Goldstein, I guess, had a little chat with um, Tom Webster about um, smart speaker adoption for listening to audio and podcasting. So I guess the, the research spring 2020 showed a 4% increase in the use of smart speakers to listen to audio. So it went from 19% to 23%. So the analogy is we should be seeing a growth in podcast listening. Right. Because of that. So, hmm. you know, 4% is not 4 massive growth, but, but it's growth. Okay. 4% growth on 1% or less than 1% of market share. Is it's not at four percent. Smart home devices are not at four percent global market share. Right. It's not talking about market shares. This is a breakdown of how do you it was a survey question asked oh. how do you uh, listen to audio most often? How Oh, okay. It compares spring of twenty nineteen to spring of twenty twenty and how that's changed because of the pandemic. Okay. And it Makes appears sense. that the the listening to um, audio on smartphones and tablets 
decreased 6% going from spring 2019 to spring 2020. And then, but it increased on smart speakers by 4%. Mm. So. I don't think we should be surprised with that jump. Yeah, because people are at home more, right? Yeah. So it doesn't surprise. And people are, it says here, there was a 2% increase in listening to AM, FM radio going from spring 2019 to spring 2020. There was a decrease or increase? Increase. Okay. <laughs> I know. That's that, that, that's weird. Um, but keep in mind, I, I think spring uh, 2019 obviously was before the pandemic. Right. And spring 2020 was kind of during during the middle of the pandemic. Right. Right. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting, though. Well... Anyway, I think we've struggled through another show. Yeah. And then the <laughs> the deployment of Amazon podcast, right, is only going to help I would think with the um with the smart speakers. Yeah. So, we shall see though. Yes, we should. Yep. So, I think we're done. Yeah. I think. Okay, um Everyone, thanks for being here. Make sure if you're not subscribed to the show, newmediashow.com, get subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcatcher. We would yeah. prefer you to be everywhere but Spotify. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> oh, and, and we did get some feedback on our discussions about music. Yeah. Saturday. So maybe we, we're out of time. Maybe we should remember to talk about that on Saturday. Maybe I should bring on the guy from Pex. Talk yeah. about it if he wants to come on at some point, right? All right, so uh, I'm Todd at blueberry.com. At Geek News is my Twitter address, Rob. I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenley, and uh, you can send me an email if you want, uh, Rob G at lipson.com. And I uh, know where you guys are leaving like flies on the live stream, but thanks for being here, thanks for checking in and saying hi. Dan, Robert, and the rest of the team that were on there and the folks over on YouTube as well. Thanks for thanks for being yeah. here. We appreciate it. And I was checking your, sorry, didn't uh, respond, Haas, to your low audio thing, but I was getting it on both ends, so we fixed it for Rob. But everyone. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, me tinkering again. Everybody, thanks yes. for being here. We'll see you next time on The yeah. Yumi Show. Take care. Bye.